Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and this is a podcast about minimalism, sort of. It's a podcast about how living with less stuff and less distractions can help us focus on what's most important. So what you'll find here, of course, we will talk to cluttering and living with less, but we'll also talk about the important things in life and how to approach them intentionally. We'll approach topics of motherhood, home life, relationships, work, our health, and the important things in general that fill up our days. And what you won't find here, a perfectionist version of minimalism. I'm a mom, a full-time teacher, and a podcaster, and I've found the version of minimalism that you may find on Instagram or Pinterest to be unattainable. We aren't minimalism purists here. We're simply focused on living with less in a way that's realistic to us. It's a version of minimalism I personally like to call minimal-ish. The goal is not living with less for the sake of less here or to make sure our homes make us look like a minimalist. The goal is living with less in a realistic way so that we can have more time and space and energy to focus on what matters most. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. Today I am bringing you episode number two of two in our series on decluttering with our kids. But before we get there, I've been answering my own question that I ask my guests for my solo episodes each month lately. And that question is, what is something I'm simplifying? My second solo episode of each month usually focuses on what is something I'm learning. So this month, we've already talked about what I'm simplifying. I talked about my own closet. And last week and this week, we're talking about 
what I've been learning through decluttering with my kids. But there's another question I always ask my guests, and that is, what is something that you're loving right now? So today I really wanted to share something that I'm loving with you just for fun. Since this is my third solo episode of the month, which is a rarity because typically I only do two. I had my friend Jess Massey on the podcast several weeks back. I will link my episode with her in the show notes. She talks about planning peacefully productive days and I just love everything that she does and everything that she creates and recently I got a bunch of her products. She creates planners and planning notepads and notebooks and all kinds of paper things. So if you're a paper person, you should check her stuff out. But I've just been loving her daily planning notepad and her weekly planning notepad. They are undated and you can just write out your week, write out your day. They're both separate notepads. You do your planning and then you rip out the sheet for that day or that week. You have it on your desk and then you can just let it go, get rid of it at the end of the day or at the end of the week. I love it because there's grace if I forget to plan for a day because it's undated. The next day, there's a blank page waiting for me. But what I am most excited about is the planner. I can't wait till 2023 just to use this planner. This planner is beautiful. What I love most about her products is she does this thing called the Hustle Sanely 5, which if you go to that episode I did with her, she describes that, but it really helps you be intentional about writing down what your top three things are that day, what you're doing to move your body that day, what you're doing kind for yourself and what you're doing kind for others. There's more to it. So like I said, if you want to know more about it, you can listen to that episode that I've linked. I'm going to link her planners and everything in the show notes as well. I love supporting other creators that are doing good things in the world and she is helping people simplify their planning, simplify their schedules, and focus on the things that matter to them. So I feel like what we do and what we talk about goes hand in hand. So I just really wanted to do this little segment on what I'm loving today because these products have been a big game changer for me over the past two weeks since I've had them. All right, so let's dive into what I've been learning about decluttering with kids as I've decluttered with my five-year-old. We're gonna get practical today. I hope you get some good takeaways from this episode. Last week, I talked over some things that I've been learning with you about minimalism with kids. In a nutshell, I recently kind of had this thought of, is it selfish to pursue minimalism when we have kids? And of course, it is not selfish to pursue it. Of course, our intentions are usually to make a more peaceful home for our families to make a more peaceful mom for our kids, right? We want to be more peaceful. We want to be happier. And with a more peaceful space, a lot of us feel more calm. So I've come to the conclusion that it's not selfish, but it depends on how we pursue minimalism. So go back and listen to last week's episode if you want to kind of mull over that question with me and reflect on it on your own because I do end with three questions for you to kind of reflect on your personal pursuit of minimalism and how you can make it about your entire family and not just about, you know, having this picture perfect home that really just isn't possible for many of us when we have kids. So today we're going to talk about how do we actually declutter our kids stuff when they start to care about their stuff. So it depends on our kids ages and how we approach this and every family dynamic is different. Every kid is different. So it really will look different with you and your kids than it might with me and mine. 
But I'm going to share some things that I've learned over the past several months to maybe about a year of decluttering with my daughter. She just turned five, and when she turned four, I really started inviting her into decluttering a bit more. Before that, I mostly did it for her, and I'm going to be honest, I sometimes did it when she wasn't home so that I could get rid of things that were broken that she wouldn't even remember. But at this point, being five years old, she knows what she has for the most part, and she gets attached to things. If you're wondering when a good age is to invite your kids into decluttering with you, for me, I could kind of just tell that Gemma was starting to get more attached to her things. And if I would declutter things, she might start to ask about them. So once at that point, I kind of knew, okay, I have to invite her into this. I have to do this with her. I have to guide her. Throughout this past year, we have done it together. And I have kind of let go more and more each time that we declutter together. So I have kind of taken away my control of her stuff little by little, which means less stuff gets decluttered. And this is one of the biggest questions that I get. How am I supposed to declutter my kids' things if they don't want to get rid of anything? I never really felt like I could speak to this until my daughter got a little older I started this podcast and she was one years old. I could declutter her things for her. She was not attached to her thing. She might've had a favorite toy. Obviously the things that occupied her attention, I was not gonna get rid of those things, but that was kind of my motivation. I was able to watch and see what she played with and get rid of things and know that there weren't going to be consequences at that age. I will give you a quick rundown in case you have toddlers and you're like, how do I do this? How do I navigate this? on how I did declutter toddler things. So anywhere between the age of like one to maybe three and a half, I would really take the Montessori concept of studying the child. If I started to feel like her stuff was getting overwhelming, we had too much kid stuff in our home, I would really just begin to pay attention to what she was playing with and what she wasn't playing with. What did she gravitate towards? At that toddler age, I was able to declutter with her in the room sometimes. And she was distracted by something else. I would gather up what was broken, what was not played with, and I would either donate it or trash it if it was broken beyond repair. Even at that age, there were times when I kept some things in a holding place to rotate back in or to make sure she didn't go looking for it, like if she was on the older end of the toddler side. And I've always been a little more reserved when decluttering kids stuff. Because I don't want to go hog wild and end up with like nothing to keep her attention. I know kids will play with a cardboard box or like the kitchen utensils. But I also just have always wanted to be respectful of her stuff, especially as she got to that older side of toddler. So I kept things in a holding place if I felt like, you know, maybe she'll go looking for this. Maybe she'll ask for it. So that is decluttering with a toddler for me. If I really needed to do big declutter, I waited till she was out of the house so I could just put more attention to decluttering, of course. But a lot of times I did declutter with her in the room. She'd be making a mess somewhere else while I got rid of a mess in one area. And that is pretty much what parenthood still looks like. So now at age five, my daughter loves to collect things and her things do have meaning to her. I know that the point of minimalism is to say that stuff is not what makes us happy. It's not what fills us up. So we don't need a lot of it, right? I am going to challenge that and say that if someone went and threw away all of my favorite things, like my favorite notebook, my favorite shirt, my favorite water bottle, if someone took my favorite things and didn't ask me 
and got rid of them. If someone even took my like middle of the line stuff that like I kind of like, but it's not my favorite, I'd be upset. I'd feel hurt. Like, why did they think that they had the right to do that? So even though stuff is not the end all be all, it is not what makes us happy. It is not what brings us joy and fills us up, or at least, you know, we would be happier if we put our value and our joy in non-material things. I mean, some stuff makes us happy, right? If someone said, hey, you know, you have too many planning things. I just got rid of them. I got rid of a few of them for you. I'd be like, wait a second. I love those things. And I use all of them. Like, sure, I have a lot of them, but I use them. So why did you think you had the right to get rid of them? I, I try to think of it in that perspective. How would I feel? Because I think that's how my daughter would feel if I went through her Barbies and just decided like, hey, this one's hair is kind of gross. I'm going to get rid of it because you have too many. I'm not going to ask you about it. You know, that is going to hurt her feelings. And also, like as kids, that's that's all they have is their stuff. They don't have like bigger ticket items that they take pride in, like a home to take care of or a car or anything like that. Like their toys, their craft stuff, the things they create, like that's their stuff. And they have a sense of ownership over those things. With that said, there is a balance. There are certain things that I might trash when she's not looking still, like paper scraps, broken things that she would probably tell me to keep. And like she's been making things out of pipe cleaners and cutting off little pieces of them. And she still thinks she should keep all of those pieces. But if I step on one of those things, it hurts. That's a danger. So yes, there is a balance. We all have to stay sane. So I'm not talking that we have to run every single thing by our kid. You have to decide like where the line is. And I feel okay with doing that because when it comes to 99% of her things, I've decided I won't be decluttering them without her permission or without doing it with her. I know it can be a scary thought to kind of hand over the decluttering responsibilities, mostly to your kid, especially when, you know, they might not be willing to give things up. And it's especially scary if they get a lot of things and they have a lot of things. My daughter gets a lot of things from her grandparents. She has a lot of things because of that. So how do I ever declutter anything if she feels reluctant to let go of her stuff and we get a good amount of stuff that comes in because she gets lots of gifts from grandparents. How does anything ever leave her room or our house if it's hers? So the first step, the first thing I did was just begin to declutter together with her and start by just cleaning up together. So I would approach it like this. I would say, let's clean up your room. Let's get rid of anything that's broken and anything that maybe you don't play with anymore so that we can have more room to play with the things that you do love. The first couple of times we did this, that pile of things that we got rid of were just maybe broken things or things we lost parts of. And the room was still very full. And I have wanted to get to this place where there's more space. She gets rid of some bigger things because she had like big items just filling up every inch of wall space. And it drove me crazy, and I knew it wasn't a peaceful space for her. So we started slow by just cleaning together. Every time her room was clean, if, even if we didn't declutter a ton from it, she'd play right away. So I knew that she enjoyed it when it was less cluttered. I mean, we all enjoy less cluttered spaces. So I made a point to point this out to her. Like, wow, it's so nice to play in a clean space. We have more room because we gave some stuff away. And I wouldn't push her on it like this is how you have to feel, I would just kind of point out like, hey, you're playing in your room more. 
I want to take a quick break to tell you about the sponsors that are making this episode possible. I am a huge fan of Cozy Earth, and I don't get much sleep these days because I have a six-month-old, but the sleep that I get is so much more comfortable because of their sheets. And now they're making the comfiest loungewear as well. Cozy Earth has developed and crafted high-quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. Cozy Earth women's loungewear is crafted from the same breathable and luxurious material as their bedding, and it offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering, elegant fit. Plus, Cozy Earth has even been featured on Oprah's favorites list four years in a row, and they have a 10-year warranty on all of their products. Cozy Earth sheets are softer than cotton, they're made from a soft and sustainable viscous from bamboo fabrics, and they're temperature regulating too, which means you will keep cool and comfortable all night long. I absolutely love getting into my bed at night. Not only is it because I'm just tired, but I love the feeling of these Cozy Earth sheets they keep me cool when I usually am sweating at night. They also offer a 100 night sleep test, which means you can try these sheets for 100 nights. And if you don't love them, which I know you will, but if you don't, you can send them back for a full refund. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you use code MINIMALISH. If you want the coziest bedding, bath, and apparel, go to CozyEarth.com and use code MINIMALISH for 35% off. I also want to tell you about Vegamore. Being postpartum, my hair has felt a little bit drab and I have been looking for the right shampoo and conditioner to help bring it back to life. Plus, I've given into a lot of hair trends over the year that have brought a lot of damage to it. So I have been really excited to give Vegamore a try. Vegamore's holistic approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker, fuller, longer looking hair. With help from Vegamore, you can get healthy, beautiful looking hair without the use of harmful chemicals. All their products are cruelty free and never contain parabens or hormones. The Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit works together to create visibly thicker hair and improve hair from the roots. Just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds and then follow up with conditioner. It's as simple as that. I already love the way my hair feels from adding Vegamore to my routine, and I especially love just the quality of the products. And with Vegamore, there's no risk in trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee, but 91% of customers say that they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months. Don't let damage of the past hold your hair back. See your hair's full potential with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com minimalish and use code minimalish to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash minimalish. Code minimalish to save 20% at vegamore.com slash minimalish. The second step was to notice, guide, and be patient. So I'd take this concept of watching the child and continue to do it. I would be in her room while she was playing sometimes and see what she'd play with most And then during those decluttering sessions, I would kind of guide her in thinking about what does she play with most? What doesn't she play with? What is taking up space that she doesn't play with? And then I would be very patient. I just mentioned those things that I noticed that she didn't play with for a while. So one larger example was her dollhouse. This was a very large item taking up a lot of space in her room. Obviously, I would not declutter that without her permission. She would totally notice, but also I knew she would be very upset. So I'd say something like, do you still want your dollhouse? It's taking up a lot of space that you could use to play. You don't usually play with it. And she didn't. She would 
make these like entire Barbie towns on her floor. And she wouldn't play with this dollhouse that took up a ton of space in her room. This took months of just me simply asking each time we cleaned or decluttered her room. Just like, hey, you still want your dollhouse? She would say yes, and I would just leave it at that. One day I said, do you still want your dollhouse? And she said no. And I even kept it in the house for a few days, like in a plain sight, (laughs) so that she could change her mind if she wanted to. Because I didn't want to be pushing her to get rid of something if she truly wanted it. So she started to understand the things she doesn't play with, the things she doesn't use, are taking up valuable space in her room. But this route of guiding with patience is the route that I've taken for all of her things. There are still things that don't really fit anywhere well and don't really have a place, and she doesn't play with them. But I know she sees value in her stuff right now at this age, and I know that she may have some sort of attachment, and it's not worth risking any sort of relationship with her for me to have a more aesthetic home with less kid stuff. And yes, I can guide her to feel that a more spacious room has more space to play and is more relaxing to be in, is more enjoyable to be in. But when it comes down to it, like my version of a more spacious room looks totally different than her version of a more spacious room. And it does not matter if my kid's room is aesthetically pleasing to me. It's her room. My third pointer or tip is a treasure box. Have a treasure box. My treasure box is pretty big. It is an underbed storage box and it's pretty long. I made sure it was tall enough so it would fit random things that don't have a place elsewhere. If you don't want like random things that you might consider trash, but your kid doesn't lying around their bedroom or mixed in with other stuff, a treasure box helped. So I just had like this clear underbed storage for her so that she could see what's in it, let her decorate it, made it something fun. And that's really been helping us too. My fourth tip is to make sure that your kids are seeing you declutter. Decluttering their stuff with them is, of course, one way to do that. But if they're also seeing us declutter our stuff, that is taking it to the next level. That is being an example for them. And they are seeing that we're not always just trying to push them to get rid of their stuff or focused on their stuff, but we're actually more focused on our stuff. When we make minimalism more about focusing on simplifying our own stuff or the neutral stuff in our home. I know I said this last week, but the stuff that isn't someone else's, that someone else doesn't feel like they have ownership over, it's a lot less frustrating and it's more conductive to like good relationships in our household, but also it sets an example. And if we are showing our kids that we declutter our own stuff, We ask ourselves these questions about our own stuff. Do I use it? Do I like it? Is it taking up too much space? We ask ourselves this about our stuff and we feel more peace when we have less of it. There are benefits to having less of it, to letting go of things. And when they see that in our own lives and we even point it out to them, not only just them seeing us declutter, but also talking about it, talking about why you do it talking about how you feel with less stuff in your closet or how decluttering your kitchen stuff makes cooking more enjoyable for you. Little conversations like that can set an example. Our kids, especially in an age where they really look up to us, are going to be impacted by seeing us do the thing that we want to instill in them. 
My last tip when it comes to decluttering with our kids is more of a mindset shift, and that is to remember that kids live here. I'm talking specifically about my experience decluttering with a five-year-old, and she is always moving, always playing, always on to the next thing. There are messes made, lots of play happening. It seems like it does not stop until her head hits a pillow at night. And her room, whenever we declutter it, whenever there is more space in her room, it often gets more messy after that because she actually wants to play in there. And so she takes the toys out. She has focused play and then she moves on to the next thing and takes her stuffed animals out and sets them up and it gets messy still. I used to think like I wanted her room to look like this peaceful, serene space for her. And when it comes down to it, when I declutter like her bookshelf and try to make it look a certain way, a way that I think looks nice, she just redecorates it herself like five minutes later. Or she tells me like, no, I wanted that there. And it's literally like a $5 bill and a couple of coins that she just like wanted in the middle of her bookshelf. So when it comes down to it, even the most decluttered room that I can at this point imagine for her, it kind of looks cluttery in some spaces just because the way that she wants her stuff arranged. What is it hurting me that it looks like that? I have to kind of check myself. It's going to look like a five-year-old plays there and enjoys herself in there and feels ownership over that space. And I'd rather that be the case than for me to worry about if it looks aesthetically pleasing. This kind of goes in line with what I talked about last week. And this mindset shift of, you know, this is a kid's room. A kid lives here. This mindset shift is helpful for our entire house. It's going to look like kids live here. If we have one kid, if we have multiple kids, like it's going to look like kids live here. And that's okay. Our homes are meant to be lived in. They're not just for display. Having less stuff makes it easier to tidy up, to find that peaceful reset space. But if you come into my house on any given day, it's going to look like kids live here. If you go into my daughter's room on any given day, it's going to look like a five-year-old's room and that's okay. And it means that she feels safe and at home here. So this has been my experience as I have learned to come alongside my daughter and declutter her stuff with her and really start to give the reins to her in the decluttering process for most of her stuff. Every kid is different and every kid is at a different place with being willing to let stuff go. We can slowly move forward together, work on this with them, declutter with them, but at first, you know, we might give them 70%, we might take 30%, right? And we might go in their rooms when they're not home and get rid of trash if we need to. I hope the biggest takeaway for you in this episode is that we can be examples for our kids and we can come alongside them and guide them through this process. Whatever your result looks like, you're prioritizing your relationship with them. When it comes down to it, if less stuff is better for us, if less stuff gives us more peace, then we are setting the example with our own stuff in our spaces, in our home. They're going to see that example and we might not see it have any change in them until years down the road. Focusing on our spaces and our stuff is going to make a more peaceful parent, but it also makes a more peaceful household if we just kind of come alongside our kids, learn them, learn how they feel about their stuff and work with them through that. 
take from this episode what works for you, leave what doesn't. These are just things that I've learned and I hope that they've helped you in some way. If this episode was helpful to you, I would love it if you would share it with a friend, share it on Instagram, share it wherever you like to share things. I am always grateful when you do that. I know I say it every time. So thank you for doing that. That always just is a great way to invite more people into this minimalish community. Thank you for being here and for listening in. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.